The shrill ring of the doorbell propelled Kate Delafield from her recliner. Adrenaline pouring through her, gasping, almost choking with relief, she took in her familiar surroundings. She stood shaking her head to dislodge the images. Get a grip, get a grip, get a grip, she ordered herself. How could she possibly have dropped off to sleep now? Checking that her shirt was tucked into her pants, sweeping a final glance over the living room, she hurried to open the door of her condo. She knew she did not look her best, especially with her nerves awash in the aftermath of the dream. But as Captain Carolina Walcott took her in, she was dismayed by the surprise that flickered briefly in her dark brown eyes. Captain, Kate said, amazed that her voice sounded normal. She extended a hand. Come in, it's good to see you. And you, Kate. Walcott grasped her hand and held it an extra moment, her smile wide, her gaze affectionate. Make yourself comfortable. Kate gestured to the sofa where a tray on the coffee table held a carafe of coffee and two dark blue coffee mugs, emblazoned in gold with the letters LAPD. She hung back, took two deep breaths, still dispelling adrenaline and the effects of the dream, wishing she could pour herself a stiff scotch. Striding to the sofa, Walcott took in the combination living room, dining area, and kitchen with the sweeping, acute, practiced glance of a police professional. As she sat with casual ease on the cream-colored sofa, tree-filtered late afternoon sunlight, through the open balcony doors warmed the beige tones of her jacket and pants, her milk chocolate skin. She looked trim and handsome, dignified, well-groomed, authoritative. Recovered from the effects of the dream, Kate now felt exposed and vulnerable to Walcott's judgment of her, of the revealing truths of her home and her own attire, pants, a shirt, sneakers. The phone call from Walcott had come in only an hour ago, and while Kate had made a wardrobe upgrade from her sweats, she could not very well don office gear, could not wear a suit jacket, as she had done every day of her life at Wilshire Division. Receiving a captain of the LAPD was an unprecedented event in her experience. Captains did not visit subordinates in their homes. They received them in their offices. Although technically Kate was no longer a subordinate, it did not matter when it came to the ingrained discipline of police hierarchy. And she felt an inferiority that had everything to do with Walcott's lofty rank. I don't happen to have much in the house, she said to Walcott. But I remember you like these. She picked up the plate sitting on the tray and offered it. Oatmeal cookies. She'd found the package in the pantry, its expiration date still a month away. Again, Walcott's smile was generous, transforming her hawk-like features. She took one. I appreciate you remembering. Feeling the need to sit upright, Kate chose the adjacent armchair instead of the treacherous leather recliner that had lulled her to sleep. A breeze, cool for early May, blew in through the open balcony doors presaging evening, bringing with it a faint, leafy aroma. Picking up the carafe, Walcott poured herself and Kate a mug of coffee. There was no cream or sugar on the tray. Like virtually all cops, both women drank coffee strong and black. 
handing a mug to Kate, Walcott said, Doesn't seem possible it's been four months. Going on five, Kate pasted a congenial smile on her face and picked up her coffee mug. Walcott obviously felt the need to perform whatever casual interrogatories and pleasantries she deemed necessary before she got to the business that had brought her here. Walcott studied her with the hooded, expressionless eyes of a cop on the job. How have you been doing, Kate? Before she could answer, Walcott said, I should know better than to ask a detective such a softball question. What have you been doing?